Good morning. The school board is once again debating whether to close a couple of smaller elementary schools in the West, but they're going to wait until they actually have a school board member representing those schools before they decide. For Wednesday, November 21st, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. Hey, remember this phrase. Rubber duckies. If at the end of the day you don't remember a single ad you saw today, but you still remember the phrase rubber duckies, well, that's the power of advertising on the morning minute. No distractions, no competitors, just your message. Drop us a line at sales at loudonnow.com or visit us at loudonnow.com slash advertise. And remember, rubber duckies. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. Monday night, the Loudoun County School Board hit pause on a debate over whether to close two elementary schools in the West. They're going to wait until there's someone on the school board actually representing the people going to those schools. They were scheduled to vote on their building program through 2025. That includes whether to close Lincoln and Hamilton Elementary Schools and send those students to Kenneth Colbert Elementary School. They've now delayed that decision into December to give themselves time to appoint someone to represent the Catoctin District, which includes all of those schools. You may recall former school board member Eric DeKennep, who represented that district, resigned his seat partway into his first term. School board member Eric Hornberger from Ashburn suggested consolidating those schools to save money. Lincoln enrolls 90 students, with some class sizes as few as 9 students, and Hamilton enrolls 186 students. Reassigning every one of those students from both of those schools to Colbert would still leave Colbert with a little space to spare. School administration staff estimate closing those two schools would save the school system $1.8 million a year. Five parents from Hamilton and Lincoln went to the school board meeting that night to voice their opposition to any school closures. Dorothy Landis Butler, a parent of students at Hamilton Elementary, said the 96-year-old school is special to its surrounding community. People who are now parents and grandparents who attended the school come back to reinvest their time and money in it. She said there's a long history of roots in the community. She was the first to point out that the Hamilton School, which sits in the Catoctin District, does not currently have a representative on the board other than the at-large board member Beth Huck. Every board member agreed it was best to pause the debate until a representative could be appointed for the Catoctin District. They're scheduled to appoint a new one December 4th. So far, six people are trying for the job. Other than the elementary school's question, the capital improvement program they're voting on requests $833.95 million over the next six years to fund dozens of projects, including three elementary schools, a new middle school, a new high school, several classroom additions, and a student welcome and adult education center. Ultimately, the Board of Supervisors decides how much money they get. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, and speaking of that empty seat on the school board, a sixth person has said she will seek that appointment, as I mentioned before. Zarell Johnson-Welch, an attorney and former chair of the Minority Student Achievement Advisory Council, has filed to represent the Catoctin District on the board. Johnson Welch is a mother of three former Loudoun County Public School students, all of whom graduated from Tuscarora High School. One of her kids went to the Academy of Science, and another took classes at C.S. Monroe Technology Center. Two of them have gone on to graduate college, and one is in middle school. 
a medical school, but she said she doesn't believe her kids were exceptional. She said they had great support systems and resources, and that when school leaders spend too much time talking about gifted kids and kids with special needs, they lose sight of the kids in the middle. As a member of the Minority Student Achievement Advisory Council, including as chair from 2012 to 2014, Johnson Welch was a vocal advocate for opportunities for minority students and for the school system to hire a more racially diverse workforce. And she said she built great relationships with school board members and school system employees over that time. She said she also wants to see more young people getting into teaching and more teachers staying in the profession. She is the sixth person, as I said, to announce she will apply for the job. She joins Hunt District PTA Director Jenna Alexander, Loudoun County Parents of Gifted Students founder Chris Kroll, Realtor and Smashing Walnuts Foundation co-founder Mark Miller, former school board member Bob Oneiser, and Luckett's Elementary School PTA President Amy Trivier. Yesterday was Hector Anthony Flores Jr.'s 29th birthday. It was also the day he learned he would spend his next 18 birthdays in a state prison. He pled guilty in March to second-degree murder in the stabbing death of his father, Hector Flores. According to testimony in the case, the two spent the day drinking and gambling in Charlestown, West Virginia, and got into an argument after returning to their Leesburg home. The pushing and shoving escalated into a fistfight. Then Anthony Flores grabbed a knife from the kitchen and stabbed his father. As his father ran to a neighbor's house to get help, Anthony stabbed him again three times in the back. He left the knife in his father's back as he left to drive to the Leesburg Police Station to report the attack, initially claiming he acted in self-defense. During Tuesday's sentencing hearing in Loudoun County Circuit Court, county prosecutors argued that the tragic event could have easily been avoided had Anthony walked away, and that his father might still be alive if Anthony had called for an ambulance instead of chasing his father from the house and continuing the stabbing. His defense attorneys argued that the fatal conflict was the end of a lifelong string of abuses suffered at the hands of his father. From the witness stand during the five-hour hearing, Anthony detailed incidents of abuse by his father to him, his sister, stepsister, and stepmother. The abuse happened when his father was drunk, which he said was often. Judge Jeanette Irby said Flores' childhood had less bearing on his violent, brutal actions than his tendencies to become aggressive when drinking. He was sentenced to 18 years in prison, plus three years of post-release supervision. He was also required to pay $5,000 in restitution to the family. And after two months of meetings, the Hamilton Town Council has decided the Bullets and Beans gun shop is not allowed to sell coffee. The town council voted unanimously Monday night to deny shop owner Kevin Jones the special use permit he applied for in August 2017 that would have allowed him to sell coffee. Town zoning normally prohibits food sales next door to homes. Councilman Craig Green said that the pushback wasn't necessarily because of opposition to a coffee shop, but because of opposition to a gun shop. But he said that his vote was because a coffee shop wouldn't have been a thriving business and that he had no problem with the idea of a gun store. Town attorney Maureen Gilmore said that if the council had approved the special use permit and if Jones had sold the property later on, the permit would have transferred to the new owner who could have then opened a full-blown restaurant. But now, since he can't sell coffee, Jones said he and his wife are going to work instead on a plan to sell lingerie alongside the guns in his shop. They don't need permission from the town to do that, and he said the name will still be Bullets and Beans. Jones opened the shop in summer of 2016 to sell guns and coffee and provide firearm safety and self-defense classes. This concerned Hamilton Elementary School parents because the shop is less than 1,000 feet from the school. He also does not need the town's permission to sell the guns. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. 
On today's Get Out Loud and Calendar, it's Thanksgiving Eve, and if you want to get out of the house, there is a lot to do. Twin Pansy Brewing Company in Sterling is hosting their second Twin Pansy Turkey Eve from noon to 10 p.m. Vanished Farmwoods Brewery in Luckett's has music all afternoon with Shane Gamble playing from 1 to 4 and James Britton playing from 5 to 8. Ted Garber is playing Monk's Barbecue in Percival from 7 to 10 p.m. McDowell Brew Kitchen in Leesburg is hosting their Thanksgiving Eve bash starting at 7. And the Plank Stompers are playing B Chord Brewing Company in Round Hill at 8. Get the details on these events and check out the rest of the events calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, keep bringing it up to all your relatives that you only see once a year at Thanksgiving dinner to tell all your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, the Morning Minute is taking the rest of the week off, so I'll say it now. Have a great weekend, and have a great day.